Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday night as I am recording this following the Denver Nuggets blowout over the Portland Trailblazers. Final score of this one, 124-92. to uh, This was a game where Denver kind of let Portland hang around on the fringes of what was a competitive game and then made it very uncompetitive in the late third and early fourth quarter. Uh, The bench was fantastic. Uh, The starters were fine, not great, but the the story of this game really was the bench unit and how they played exceedingly well together, despite the fact that Bones Highland apparently went down with uh, ankle soreness, ankle sprain, something akin to that, in the very early part of his stint. I think within the first 20 seconds or so, he hurt that ankle and then was taken out of the game. Um, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry that I apparently overreacted on that. I deleted my shit, but it is what it is. Uh, Denver, they've, they've won their sixth in a row. This is their sixth win in a row. Is the longest win streak of the year. It's the longest winning streak of any team in the NBA currently. And it's it's Denver taking care of business against the teams that they need to beat. And then... Two wins kind of on the front end of that, uh, the first being a the second night of a back-to-back against the Raptors before the All-Star break, and the buzzer-beating win that Denver had against the Golden State Warriors. Both of those are included in this streak. All of the other games have been against some bad competition, don't get me wrong, but it is nice to see Denver taking care of business, and it's nice to see it being taken care of by the bench unit first, so... I'm actually going to go with the starters first. We're going to go through them pretty quickly and then spend a little bit of extended time on the bench units. And then what you're probably waiting for is the Michael Porter Jr. conversation where we had some big news drop over uh, today. And I'm going to cover that too. So that'll be in the third segment and I've got some stuff planned for that. So let's get into this game though. Let's focus on what happened on the court. Uh, Jokic and the starters a very odd game from the starters. Let's be let's be clear about this. Uh, Nikola Jokic took five shots in 26 minutes. He was very clearly in, I am passing the ball mode. I am not going to worry about the scoring. And the Blazers sort of helped him down that path. When he had the ball in the post, he was double teamed every time. When he had the ball on the perimeter, he was shown bodies several times where everybody was showing, not letting him get off shots. They were not going to let Jokic be the one to beat them. And he beat them anyway, where he has eight points on three of five from the field and a a buzzer-beating three uh, that he missed, uh, kind of a heave. 
Had had a couple free throws, but the key here, eight points, 18 rebounds, 17 defensive rebounds, 11 assists, one steal, two turnovers, was a plus six. Uh, Denver starters all kind of in that plus six to plus nine range. Nothing crazy, but definitely not bad. Uh, This felt like a game where a lot of guys were coasting. A lot of guys were hoping that the offensive process would just kind of get them through the game, and it didn't. Like, Denver shot 2 of 14 with the starting unit from three-point range. They had a lot more success driving to the baskets, uh, of course, but uh, they didn't shoot the ball well. So that really kept the Blazers in it with the, with the starting group. But that's okay. The, the Nuggets, on the second night of a back-to-back, they had a hard-fought clutch game last night against the Kings. And they get a, they get a one-off here. I know I said the yoke, he kind of gets a one-off from the previous Kings game where he kind of coasted. He's kind of been coasting ever since the All-Star break, let's be honest. Uh, but I do think that there, there's going to be a time where he takes more shots, where he's more aggressive. It wasn't tonight because it didn't need to be, and that's okay, especially while they're getting wins. So I know I have to be more positive about this. Like, look, they won by 32, and I was complaining on Twitter. So I I understand how that looks, and I'm not trying to go out of my way to pull the mood down. It's just why I do it naturally. Um, But look, I've seen Denver lose games like these in the past, where they kind of mess around for a little bit. They're on the road. They're in a second night of a back-to-back, and They feel like they've got it in hand, and then the wind kind of catches up to them. The other team goes on a hot streak. Denver makes mistakes, and then they lose it. We've had multiple games like that this year, and I was concerned that Denver was overlooking the Blazers. Now, the Blazers kind of turned out to be so bad and so inept and incapable of forging a comeback that it really didn't matter what Denver did. And the Nuggets' second unit was able to kind of close the door. But with the starters, it wasn't the best showing. And I think that Jokic, he's sort of the guy that I think needs to captain that. He needs to be putting his foot down in a lot of cases. He didn't have to do that tonight, and that's okay. Uh, but I do think that if the bench wasn't as like much improved as it was, then we could have been going the other way. Or we could be having a, a much different conversation than we are right now. So I think it's important to at least factor that in. It is what it is. I'm not really worried. Uh, But Jokic, he did dominate the game in his own way. It's just not the approach that I personally think that he should have taken. And that's okay. He's way smarter than I am. Aaron Gordon tonight, fine, pretty good. Uh, 14 points on 6 of 12 from the field. Two rebounds, one assist. Had a couple good moments defending Anthony Simons. Had a couple good moments defending Josh Hart. Uh, Most of the time, he was kind of the guy that that benefited from the ball rotating around the perimeter, and then he would drive into the paint, maybe try to get to the mid-range. Jump shot was still pretty good tonight, so I'm not going to uh, damn him for that. He He was good. Jeff Green also was very good. 14 points. He had 12 in the first half. 14 points tonight. Four of five from the field. Six of six from the line. He didn't settle for threes. And I I liked that about his game. I thought that he did a really nice job 
of forcing the issue in a lot of cases. And it was night and day in a lot of ways compared to how he stands in the corner sometimes. So it was good to see him take advantage of an easier matchup. And he got some free points out of it, some really efficient points out of it. Also had three rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block. So it was a very potent game from Jeff Green. I like to see him take advantage of times like tonight. Will Barton, not a good game from Will. It definitely felt like, I I don't know if I want to say it, but like this could be wrong, but it sort of felt like Will was thinking about the three-point record, was thinking about, hey, I'm, I'm about to become the franchise leader in threes. And he just missed them tonight. And that happens. And it's not a big deal. He only had one turnover. He had two assists. Was very much a uh, complimentary piece to what the primary actions were with Jokic, with uh, Aaron Gordon, with Jeff Green, and, and those guys. Denver was trying to be more physical, getting into the paint tonight, trying to find the cuts, trying to find the dunks, things like that. And so Barton, not necessarily his best showing, but... Sometimes you miss the shots, and he's been making shots lately, so I'm not going to quibble about it. Um, It will be nice to see him break the record at home anyway, so I I hope that he gets that opportunity in this next game, and I look forward to seeing what he can do. They are playing at home, right? Let Let me just check to confirm that real quick, and so I'm not saying something crazy. Okay, they are playing the Thunder at home on Wednesday. They've got a little bit of a break here after this game. So that's good. Can get in there, play against the Thunder, who are going to pack the paint anyway. So that's going to be a tough game, but um, we're going to see how they can handle that. Finally, Monte Morris. Uh, Monte was fine tonight for a word. Like He had a bunch of opportunities on kickout threes from Jokic post-ups where uh, they would double one pass away. Jokic would kick out to Monte. Monte, he was kind of missed tonight. He had been making, like uh, like Barton, he had been making a lot. Missed tonight, nine points, three of eight from the field, one of five from three. Kind of zeros across the board. Not necessarily the most impactful game from Monte, but he did spend a lot of time chasing around Anthony Simons, who went five of 18 from the field and one of nine from three. So not a big deal. I, I'm not concerned about it. Like I said, there are some things that when you when you think about it, when you look at it, I feel like the game kind of had a weird feel with the starters because Jokic was very clearly in pass mode and not score mode. And I feel like that changes a lot of what the rest of the team does, uh, where like he had 18 rebounds, but the rest of the team or the rest of the starting group had nine. He had 11 assists, but the rest of the starting group had, had four. Uh, he had three baskets and the rest of the the group had what 14 so it's just very different very unique and like it is what it is i'm not gonna like i said not gonna complain about it but i do think that if it kind of shook them out of a little bit of a rhythm that they had been establishing with that starting group um the starters were pretty good defensively not great but they were pretty good um and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Second night of a back-to-back, like if the bench had been even and the starters had been plus six to plus nine like they were, then it would be fine. Like on the second night of a back-to-back, I totally understand. But this Blazers team was so bad. Just 
just atrocious for, for most of the night that I sort of expected the starters to be a little bit more crisp than they were. Again, they got the win. They got a big blowout win. A lot of it was because of the bench, though. So let's make sure to celebrate those guys. Let's highlight those guys and be positive, Ryan, about what the bench has done. So when we come back, we are going to talk about the bench. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where they are offering you just an excellent deal uh, for the NBA, where you can put your between-the-legs 360 windmill dunk kind of deal on the table where new customers get just one when they bet just $1 on any team get 150 in free bets if they win it is that simple DraftKings customers can also bet on the NBA with new same game parlays where you combine multiple bets together from the same game for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more money you win DraftKings is safe secure and reliable you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want so make sure to download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS Bet just $1 on any team. If that team wins, you get 150 in free bets. That's promo code MHS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Pickaxe and Roll, thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars if you can uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that, would, that would mean the world. Thank you so much. All right, let's get into this bench unit. Let's talk about the, the real gem of the game. And we had a an early sub that I had assumed was a benching and then realized subsequently after several people let me know in uncertain, un, not necessarily the, the greatest terms, but um, that it looked like Bones Highland had rolled his ankle, that he was getting treatment on the bench, um, and that Faku Campazzo had replaced him for that reason. And I thought that it was because of mistakes that he had made on both ends of the floor. As it turns out, I'm, of course, overreactionary because, ah, well, because I am. Um, so in this place, Faku Campazzo played next to Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes, Jamichael Green, DeMarcus Cousins. And in both halves, that unit absolutely cooked. Was just awesome. Uh, you had Faku setting the table, playing strong defense. You had Austin Rivers kind of filling in the gaps. Most of the time as a defensive guy, but he still got a couple threes to go too. But the real keys to this group were the Bryn Forbes, Jamichael Green, DeMarcus Cousins trio. And it's it was really nice to see that they all impacted the game in their own way, but you could see it working together. You could see how they, they've developed this chemistry, how they've made it work, and they look spectacular doing it. Where it didn't feel like the Blazers had any chance against them. And sure, did the Blazers, like, it, it felt like the Blazers were at a massive disadvantage because they are an undersized team right now. Yusuf Nurkic got uh, sat down with 
plantar fascia in quotation. I think the Blazers are tanking. Um, But yeah, Jermichael Green was bigger than any player on the Blazers. And Denver also had DeMarcus Cousins too. Cousins was awesome. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 3 turnovers, but that's okay. 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, only 3 of 6 from the line. So he, he could have been even better in this game. But as it turns out, he didn't need to be because he was frankly just fantastic. Uh, Jake Coyne, Bronco Squatch on Twitter, had a really good stat that no player in the last 35 seasons has been that good from a points, rebounds, and assists standpoint in under 20 minutes. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. It's basically like a the bench version of a triple-double where it was just so potent. And you, you expect a guy like that most of the time to be a high-minute player for a team. But Denver obviously has Jokic. They're obviously going to play him. And then Cousins, he he played the last two minutes of the third quarter, only played the, the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter, didn't even finish the game because he's still working back from an injury. Uh, he said that he was dealing with a calf strain when he first signed with Denver. That was kind of the, the scuttlebutt, the rumor a little bit, but he looks great and the mobility has really improved with him. His defense, I think, is something that I didn't really expect. I expected him to get cooked in the pick and roll. I thought that he would be a really, really big liability on that end of the floor. And as it turns out, against opposing bench units, he really hasn't been. Now, he hasn't faced the best guys. I I don't want to lie to anybody and say that, yeah, this is definitely sustainable. But I do think that in the situation that he's being put in, where his main job is to be a playmaker for the second unit, to be a rim protector, a rim protector and a rebounder, he has absolutely checked all the boxes. And saying anything else would just be biased at this point. I mean, two of three from three, looked very good shooting the ball today, was a physical rebounder, and the only reason he didn't finish with 10 was because Jermichael Green finished with 10, and Faku had seven. Those guys were dominating the glass, and his six assists were also a massive playmaking boost. And two guys really benefited from that. You had Jermichael Green, and you had Bryn Forbes. Jermichael Green, as the dunker spot guy, somebody who would be hanging around the rim, waiting for the defense to rotate onto Boogie to show him an extra man, when Boogie collected the ball in the pick and roll, There were multiple times today where Denver used that rotation to their advantage, where Jermichael Green would be freed up under the rim for easy shots. And he went 7 of 8, did Jermichael Green, for 20 points. 1 of 2 from 3, so the only shot that he missed was a 3. Did go 5 of 6 from the free throw line. 20 points, 10 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 1 turnover was a plus 23 in this game. And it just stands out in so many positive ways that you have two big guys. Jermichael Green, I think a lot of people would think of him as a center now, a small ball five. But he hasn't been at his best as a center. He's been at his best as a power forward, where 
playing next to playmakers like Jokic and Cousins, he's been able to simplify his game to really do a lot of different things by doing less. And he's still rebounding. He's still being a physical presence around the rim. He's still hitting the outside shots now. I think this is just another game where he hit a three. And he's trending in the right direction towards the player that Denver wanted when they re-signed him to uh, this new contract that he acquired. He was shooting poorly. He was playing poorly for much of the season. And how funny is it that changing around the role, changing around the personnel a little bit, finding other guys that can play certain styles, play a certain position, and then play together, it's funny how that changes the perspective a lot. And it really does make a lot of sense because Jermichael Green has been fantastic while playing the four this year. It's just when he's playing the five, especially when he's being relied upon to shoot, that it hasn't looked very good. I think he's turning a corner. I think he looks great. Looks a little bit more athletic than he did for much of this year. Looked a lot of times like he was stuck in quicksand. And maybe that comes back around. Maybe he's just a guy that's kind of benefiting from the all-star break. But I do think we have a three-game sample size now of him playing great in three games in a row in different ways. And him being the beneficiary of some good passing and good process from the bench is a really good sign that the bench is just in a great place. And when you read off the plus minuses, I think you can absolutely make that distinction. Faku Kupazo, plus 27. Austin Rivers, plus 21. Bryn Forbes, plus 27. Jamichael Green, plus 23. DeMarcus Cousins, plus 27. That's insane. That is just an insane number. A set of numbers. And it's great to see that Denver, even though they had bones go down, that Faku was able to step in and provide what Denver needed in a different way. But the difference between... I think what happens when Jamichael is at the five versus when Boogie's at the five is he had six assists tonight. Jamichael's never going to be a passer. He's never going to be a playmaker. And so Cousins was able to kind of serve as that playmaker, take off some pressure from Faku, and they're able to find different ways to score. Bryn Forbes was another beneficiary, 17 points, six of 10 from the field, five of six from three. One rebound, one assist, one steal. Gotta gotta get the other stats going because he's he's very good at getting ones across the board, which is pretty funny. But he didn't necessarily start this game perfectly. But Forbes, he just got hot. Like like let's be let's be frank, that dude is a firecracker when he shoots the ball. He he's such a unique player that his skill set is so focused on shooting the ball, that sometimes when he doesn't shoot it well, lots of people, like last game, I had some comments that were like, hey, what does Bryn Forbes do when he's not shooting the ball? And the answer is he takes the the gravity away from a lot of other people, kind of like a a Duncan Robinson or a Steph Curry or a Seth Curry or somebody like that. The mere threat of him shooting helps everybody else. And you could see that with Cousins, where Cousins was getting doubled in the post. He would wait for the rotations to go, 
And then he'd pass it to Bryn Forbes. And Bryn Forbes made a couple threes in a row in the fourth quarter that really sealed the game. Same thing when you're rotating the ball from Austin Rivers, from Faku Campazzo, from Jermichael Green. Bryn Forbes is hunting for his shot. And those guys can find their own driving opportunities because Bryn Forbes' man cannot help off of him. And if he does, he better get back quick because you know that Bryn Forbes is not going to be shy about shooting a three. So his ability to kind of get those shots up has been really, really helpful. And I give Denver's coaching staff and the and the front office and Tim Connolly a lot of credit for identifying the best possible shooter that they could add to help that bench unit because it's very clear that on the wing they needed some shooting help and in the front court they needed some size. And they got both of those things. And lo and behold, DeMarcus Cousins is 10-0 when he plays. And the Nuggets are absolutely reaping the benefits of it. They have a squad now. That's crazy to say. Think about how many times this year that it's just felt like Jokic. It's just felt like, hey, man, we need you to get 30, 20, and 10. And if you don't do that, we're going to lose. Or it's going to be more than that or in different ways. And it's just crazy to think about. That there was a game against the Utah Jazz earlier this year where Nikola had 26, 21, and 11. And Denver wasn't even close because the minutes with the bench were so bad that it just didn't matter. Now, Denver may have a counter. They may have a solution. And it's DeMarcus Cousins. It's Jamichael Green in his normal position. It's Bryn Forbes winning them some extra points with some uh, elite shooting. It's Austin Rivers, Faku Kumpazo, Bones Highland, Zeke Naji finding their way in different setups. And maybe it's Michael Porter Jr. And we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. on the other side because it seems like he's coming back too. We'll be right back. Folks, we're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really strong win. Really, really strong win for the Nuggets as uh, the, the starters kind of do uh, enough in their time to let the bench then cook. And the bench absolutely did cook, and it was really good to see. Six-game win streak. That's the longest of the Nuggets season. And they're in a position now where these next three games, still relatively easy. Uh, they've got the Thunder next. Then they've got another road game. Or no, they don't have another road game. They've got more home games. They've got a game against the Rockets. They've got a game against the Pelicans, who just demolished the Lakers tonight. So the Pels are, are very dangerous, and Denver cannot be taking them unseriously going forward. And then they've got the Warriors in a back-to-back after that. So their next four games, two of them are going to be easy. Two of them are going to be hard. And so they've got to take care of the easy ones. That's what I've been saying for this entire time, that 
if you take care of the easy games, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. And lo and behold, Denver's record against the sub-500 teams at 23-6. and six. The Warriors are 23-5. and five. Like, that's the second best record in the NBA against sub-500 teams. So Denver's taking care of business. It's one of the things that's propping up their record. They are still tied with the Mavericks for fifth after the Mavericks came back against the Warriors tonight. The Jazz won as well in the previous night. So it's going to be hard to catch the Jazz. It's going to be hard to move up the standings. It's going to be possible. Uh, The Nuggets have an easier schedule than the Mavs, but they need to outpace them by at least one game. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they can do. It, It does feel like Denver's turned a corner, though, and they just are playing in a really good position right now. So lo and behold, things get even more positive over the course of this last 24-hour stretch. Not on the court, but in the Instagram comments and in a a report by Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, But before that, last night I had previously mentioned that Michael Porter Jr. had responded to Isaiah Thomas in an Instagram comment that he would see him next week, that those two would be seeing each other next week. And that was curious because I did a little bit of digging didn't see that there was any real overlap between those two, that they would be playing in the same city or anything like that. So you kind of go through the boxes, like, is Michael Porter going to be reevaluated somewhere? Well, he went to Florida to get reevaluated. The the G League team's playing in Florida. So there's a loose connection there that could be had. But for what it really says, and what we then recently got today— it seems like Michael Porter Jr. is on his way back. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that directly from Mark Bartlestein, Michael Porter's agent, he had received intel that Michael Porter was ramping up, trying to get back on the court, and that he was expected to be cleared for full-time con- for full time for full contact next week. And so he tweeted it on a Sunday. Could be as easy as and quick as tomorrow when Porter is cleared for full contact. Maybe it's Tuesday, maybe it's Wednesday. But it seems like the plan is probably to have him play, or at least practice, with the Grand Rapids Gold. And if he is practicing with them, that would be very, very interesting. Um, Clay Thompson never actually played any games with the, I don't remember what their, their affiliate name is for the Warriors, but He never actually played any games there, so I'm not sure if I would expect Michael Porter to play games. My guess is that he's just going to play, or he's just going to practice against a team that has the capability to practice a little bit more. But basically, they said in that report, uh, Woj did, that it's sometime in the March range. Sometime in March is when he's wanting to get back on the court for playing for the Nuggets. Now, February 28th is tomorrow, and March 1st is the day after. So I'm not necessarily ruling it out, per se, that he could be back in the early March portion, but it does feel like a very quick turnaround. So my guess is that they're going to see how this full contact goes. They're going to try to get him ready. They're going to see how his back responds, going to see how he plays. 
and they're going to try to get him back into the lineup. Whether it's a starting lineup, whether it's the bench lineup, I don't know. We'll figure that out. But Michael Malone today, when asked about that report, he said, don't believe everything you hear. It didn't come from us. It didn't come from the organization. Don't believe everything you hear. And I understand why he pushed back on that. It's in his nature to push back on that. I actually think that he has reason to be upset, reason to be angry that if it didn't come from the Nuggets, then like that's how it should come in, in his mind. But Porter is such a big name as a max contract player. Jamal Murray is such a big name as a max contract player. They want to build some excitement. You want to give people some time to get ready for these returns. They can't just show up as questionable on the injury report one day and be like, hey, he's going to play. I don't think that that's how that works. I know that Michael Malone is trying to protect his guys. I know he's trying to protect the Nuggets in this situation. But it has been relatively annoying to try to deal with them, to try to deal with the Nuggets on this, the uh, medical staff, whoever's sharing the intel, that everybody's been so tight-lipped about this that it's annoying that it has to come from Mark Bartlestein. We don't know what the plan is, officially. It sounds like the plan is to get him some reps in the G League, not necessarily game reps, but some practice reps, and then hopefully get back with the big league team and see whether he can play by the end of March. I would expect that he does that. I think that Michael Porter really wants to play, and that if Michael Porter wants to play and if he's medically cleared, then it would be unwise for the Nuggets to hold him out because he does develop a rep in that situation where he becomes a massive injury risk going forward if he can't play, if they hold him out. He wants to play. He wants to compete. He wants to be the best player that he can be. And he could be very helpful for this team. I think it's pretty clear that they could use a shooting. The starting lineup went 2 of 14 from 3 today. It's not like they have elite shooters in their starting lineup, so maybe you add an elite shooter back in. I don't know. What I do know is that they're going to be cautious continually. I wouldn't necessarily assume that it's going to happen on a specific time. I'm going to guesstimate that after a couple weeks of full contact, they'll bring him back with the team. He'll get integrated into what they do. And then during the home stretch that they have from March 20th, March 22nd, March 24th, March 26th, they play a four-game stretch kind of mid-late March. And it's all at home. They have an opportunity to go there. I'm going to guess that he comes back during that time. And whether he comes off the bench, whether he starts, I, I'm going to assume it's the bench. But if he comes off the bench for 12 to 15 minutes, they could feel pretty good about that. Say, hey, look, got some. you got your feet under you. Going to get an elite shooter back out there, see what he can do to help the team, see if he can be a part of the playoff rotation and get himself ready, get himself into playing shape by the time the playoffs roll around. That is the hope. That is the dream for this team, because if they get enough help for Nikola Jokic, they might be able to do something. And I haven't mentioned Jamal Murray in all this. 
it does seem like these two situations are independent of each other. We haven't heard anything from Jamal. We haven't heard anything from the Nuggets about Jamal. There has been no update. It seems like Porter is a little bit ahead of him from a contact standpoint, that he's getting ready to start full contact a little bit sooner than Jamal is. And that's fine. I would expect Jamal back by the end of the season. I don't think that he's going to be held out. I don't think that the Nuggets want to hold him out. Now, he might come off the bench. It might be a situation where you don't want to completely rock the boat. So instead, you bring him off the bench. You keep Monte in the starting lineup. And if Jokic and Murray overlap a little bit, then you can see a little bit of two-man game and have a good time with it. But you just continue to upgrade the talent. You continue to upgrade the team. And hope that the talent wins out. I feel like that's the best way to approach this. And I would be surprised if Denver approached it any other way. But it does seem like we're getting these guys back. Should be nothing but excitement, nothing but positivity, that anything that those guys give is better than nothing. It might rock the boat a little bit, but Denver's future is tied into these guys. You've got Murray under contract for a while here. You've got Porter under contract for a while here. You want to make sure that they're ready to go, not just by the playoffs, but by next season, where you don't have to go through the process of trying to work them back into the team, work them back into the rotation, all over again. Do it once, get it over with. It might not be the best thing for this season specifically, but it will help the season for years to come, help this team for years to come, excuse me. Positive vibes with the Nuggets. Immaculate vibes even. Where we finally have an update. We finally have some tangible information coming from Adrian Wojnarowski himself. I expected it to be Woj. I expected Mark Bartlestein to be the one to drop it. That's actually not a lie. I'm not trying to cover my bases here. You knew that Mike was going to, like he knew something based off of what happened on Instagram. You knew that the Nuggets were being hard about it, that they weren't going to provide updates themselves. So I wonder if we hear anything from Jamal's agency. I kind of doubt it. I think it's a little bit different between those two guys. But once Jamal's ready, we'll probably hear something. And then it's go time for this team. They're already in go time. They've got a six-game winning streak. It's crazy. 11 games above 500, the hottest team in the NBA. They're playing exceptionally well. And they could get back two top three guys. Like I said, vibes immaculate. We'll see if they hold up. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Haven't decided on the podcast schedule for this upcoming week, but you might get a uh, podcast from me tomorrow. You might not, and you might have to wait until Tuesday in order to get that. But we're going to see. We've got a couple days off. I do think that's... Denver's in a good position where it just feels good. It feels a lot better. Going into the All-Star break, now coming out of it, we're seeing a new team emerge. A better team emerge. A team that's really worth rooting for here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.